It's Twitter Tuesday on today's Locked on Giants podcast. Your questions coming up next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena, and it is a Twitter Tuesday. Well, we'll have some Twitter questions, and we have some mailbag questions. And if you want to get in on our weekly mailbag, all you have to do is send me a question. The information is in the show notes. Send it to LockdownGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is in the show notes. And uh, I do try and, for the most part, get all the questions that I receive into the show. Um, Been running pretty well as far as getting all the questions that I receive every week in here. So don't be afraid to send a question in. There's no such thing as a stupid question except the one that isn't asked. So looking forward to hearing from you. And I'm looking forward, of course, to getting into the questions that we have this week. So let's get right into that. All right, kicking things off, we have a Twitter submitted question from Empire PR Man, who wants to know, um, although the pass blocking has improved, how would you evaluate the run blocking? And do you see the defense blitzing more and playing more aggressive coverage from now on? All right, Ruben, my friend, let's take the first question about the run blocking. The run blocking hasn't been horrible. I think what we're seeing with the run blocking, in all honesty, is a combination of things. Number one, Saquon Barkley, to me, looks like he's not quite trusting what he's seeing. And that could be because, obviously, you know, he's been away from the game for almost a year. And, you know, he's got to get his feel back for the game. You know, it's not necessarily like riding a bike. You have to kind of get your feel back for things and see where things are at. So that said. When I look at the run blocking, um, I do see instances where there are um, there are holes that are created by the offensive line. Um, I see instances where Saquon doesn't necessarily hit those holes. And uh, I also see instances where Saquon is hesitant when he gets to the line. He does a little stutter step. So there's, you know, maybe if there was a crease there, that existed, that crease disappears because he hesitated a little bit. So I really think, you know, overall, Ruben, it's been a combination of things. You, you, you can't say that the run blocking has been horrible. You can't say that Saquon hasn't been on point. I think, you know, the more opportunities he gets, the better it's going to get up front. Um, but I don't think the run blocking has been that bad uh, so far. Now, has it been as good as it was last year? Well, you've got to remember Last year, the Giants went away from an outside zone scheme and went more for power type of uh, running scheme, which was a better fit for what the offensive lineman did. So the Giants, they got to basically figure it out because you got to remember, Saquon only played, what, about four quarters plus last year before the injury. So Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, probably didn't get as good of a feel maybe for how to best deploy um, Barkley in the offense. So I think that's going to eventually straighten itself out. At least I hope it will for the sake of the Giants, because they really do need that running game to be functioning. 
Um, as for your second one, do you see the defense blitzing more and playing more aggressive coverage from now on? Blitzing, not so much, because obviously with a blitz, you got to be careful. Um, a good quarterback can make you pay for it if you blitz a lot. But the coverage, that's got to change. I think what we have seen the first two weeks from the Giants defense, and I know David Turner has pointed this out. Um, I've seen it in my film study. Um, the problem with the Giants defense is they're playing too loose. They're giving up too much of a cushion. They're playing off ball. Um, you watch the, the, the safety, the deep safety, and he might as well be not even on the field. He's playing so deep. So the Giants just seem too afraid to let something get behind them. They've got to tighten that up. All right. Um, that's, that's the bottom line. That's why you're seeing big gaps open on the field. And until they tighten things up a little bit, get back to playing some press man. And oh, by the way, how about getting some, some jams on these receivers instead of giving them free, free releases? That might help too. So that's what I think we might see, hopefully, going forward because what they've been doing these first two weeks just isn't working. It's been a head scratcher above all else, given the personnel that they have. And hopefully Patrick Graham figures it out and gets it straightened out because they cannot, cannot continue to allow opponents, you know, they're averaging over 400 yards allowed, and that's just not going to win games for you. So, all right. Next question comes from, Tommy C, who wants to know if the Giants don't have a winning record by the bye week, do you think they will fire Jason Garrett? Ooh. You know what, Tommy? I don't think they will fire him. What I could see happening if they don't have a winning record and it's on the offense, I could see Joe Judge maybe shaking up the coaching responsibilities. So, you know, what I've seen in the past from Giants, you know, and, and this is going back a number of years, but if the offense wasn't getting it done and the coordinator just was struggling, sometimes the coordinator gets stripped of his play calling duties or maybe, you know, another coach is, is assigned to be the co-pilot, if you will. So I think in this instance that Garrett doesn't get fired, I think what would happen if the offense struggles is you would maybe see Freddie Kitchens get more involved, maybe even see him call plays. So that's what I think would be the most realistic scenario. I really doubt the Giants are going to tell Jason Garrett to pack up his office and, and get out. I, I don't see the Mara family, you know, signing off on that, even though it's Joe Judge's decision. I don't think that they would, you know, I think let's put it this way. I think they would probably try to talk him out of it if they wanted, if Judge wanted to fire Garrett which I don't think will be the case. All right, Giant fans, we have plenty more on this Twitter Tuesday, but first get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code LOCKEDON, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. We are doing a Twitter Tuesday. Your questions are taking center stage. We just have a few today. Um, always welcome, always great questions. And again, if you want to get in on the program, 
which we try to run every Tuesday. You can do so by sending your question to Locked on Giants podcast at gmail.com. That's in the show notes. Or if you want to tweet them at me, just make sure you tag them, ask P train and just set, mention if it's for the blog or actually for Giants country, which I also do a mailbag for, or if you want it for the podcast. So this way I make sure I put the questions where they belong. All right, let's get to the next couple of questions. Michael L wants to know what's the most frustrating thing about this team in your opinion? Um, just one thing, huh? Besides the losing, which I guess, you know, I hate to say it. I'm almost used to the losing, you know, it's just, it's amazing. It's like, how many different ways can I write this team losing and the problems that they've been having? I feel like I've written and, and talked about it so many different ways, but anyway, the most frustrating thing, Michael, I would say is the coach's insistence that progress is being made. Now, I remember Pat Shermer talked about that. I remember Ben McAdoo talked about it. Joe Judge has talked about it, talked about it last year. And I remember asking him and saying, okay, you talk about this progress, but it's not showing up on the field. So what exactly are you seeing? What are you defining as progress? And Joe gave me a, uh, he gave me a good answer, a respectful answer, basically said, you know, at the end of the day, when they look at the film, they see fewer mistakes being made, little, you know, things that maybe weren't as sharp the day before get being improved upon and so on and so forth. And that's, a, that's great. I mean, look, every day somebody will improve. You know, I do a lot of writing, as you guys know, and there are days when my typing is flawless, believe it or not. And then there are days when I am, I'm, I'm not as flawless. Like I go back and depending on how tired I am or how my hands are feeling. The point being is, is it's got to show up when it counts. All right. So all the improvements you make on the practice field that the public doesn't see, if they're not coming over to the, you know, the game field, it's kind of like that old fable of a tree falls in the woods. It doesn't make a sound if no one's around to hear it. So I do believe the Giants are making progress. I do believe the coaches see progress. Obviously, they've got much more of a trained eye than I ever will have. Um, but that said, it doesn't mean squat if it's not showing up in the games. Don't tell me, oh, this team had a great week of practice. Don't tell me that. The team's getting better when the stats are basically the same and they're contributing to losses. All right. I, I get it. Joe judge doesn't want to throw the team under the bus. I get it. And I respect that. But at the same time, there has to be kind of a, an allowance here and, and, and just say, look, you know, we know we have to produce, we can't keep going the way we've been going and we just have to get better. And he's done that to a degree, but I, I just don't feel sometimes that it's, it's said enough. I don't know necessarily, does it need to be said? I, I don't know, but, you know, basically it's like, don't tell me that there's improvement being made when it's not showing up on the field. That's how I feel. And I think that's probably the most frustrating thing right now on the whole. Now, um, if you were to talk about a player, um, if you were to talk about a unit's performance, um, I'm perplexed about the defense and why they've been playing so lousy. Again, I suspect it's because they've been trying to keep things in front of them and they've been playing too deep and too loose uh, and not aggressive enough. 
So that could be um, part of the reason, you know, I try to figure out, you know, before I get too hung up on a frustration, what might be behind it? What's the, the thought process behind it? You know, because I want to be fair, but, you know, I, I just feel like this team is a lot better than what it has shown, especially on the defense. And, you know, it, it would just be a, a shame if they don't deliver the results. It just really would be, it would be disappointing. So hope that, that answers your question. All right. Up next, we have a question from Stan J. What did you think about the O-Line's performance last week? Okay, so uh, you're talking about week two, the reshuffled offensive line. Um, not horrible. I thought it, was, it wasn't bad. Now, I know a lot of people um, have broken down the film and said that Billy Price wasn't very good. I looked at the film too. Did Billy Price have some moments? Yes. I mean, they all did. But to be fair to Billy Price, what I saw when I looked at the film, it looked like there were some communication issues, in particular with Will Hernandez. Like Billy Price was almost expecting Will Hernandez to provide some help blocking on certain plays, and it just wasn't there. And, you know, there was one pressure, I think it was actually a sack um, that. I think Billy Price was charged with. And I would question whether or not that was on him because to me, it just looked like Hernandez was supposed to help him with the block. And instead he went to help Nate Solder. I'm sorry, not Nate Solder. Um, yeah, Nate Solder, right, right tackle. He went to help Nate Solder with the block instead. So, you know, I know what pro football focus said, um, but I don't think Billy Price was that horrible. I don't think he was, you know, so bad that, oh my God, you better put Matt Skira in there. Got to remember the guy, he's starting to, you know, learn the language, how things are called, the blocking schemes. And then there's that element of trust and knowing that the guys next to you know what they're doing. So I think the Giants will give him another week, see how if things don't settle down a little bit, but I'm not ready to say, you know, he had a horrible game. Let's replace him or, you know, let's run him out of town. Let's see what he does in the next week. You know, I, I think all things considered considered against the Washington front, not too bad. Okay. One other thing I will say, uh, Stan, about the offensive line. I thought the two tackles had a good game. You know, Andrew Thomas and Nate Solder both had a really decent game. You know, Chase Young, didn't exactly wreck the wreck things for them. Neither did Montez sweat. I mean, a little bit of pressure here and there, but it could have been a lot worse. Probably should have been a lot worse. I think Andrew Thomas, you know, after the struggles he had in the preseason, he's been, his, his arrow was pointing up and that's good to see Nate Solder, who, you know, I know a lot of people had question marks about him and whether or not he would uh, be a disaster at right tackle, his arrows pointing up. And he was good enough to the point where um, the coaches felt that it wasn't necessary to put Matt Parrott in there on a rotation, which I was glad to see, by the way, not because I don't think Matt Parrott, you know, shouldn't play, but dang damn it, enough with this rotation, stick with five and just stop at the rotation, let them build up camaraderie and communication. I think that's a big issue when you have that rotation. And basically, if you have a rotation, what that says to me is that you're not totally sold on one guy at a specific position that you have to, you know, audition a second guy 
during live game reps. So that's just how I feel about that. I just don't care for the rotation, especially when the games count. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Twitter Tuesday. But first, no matter what you need for your car or truck, Rock Auto is sure to have it in its extensive online catalog. RockAuto.com offers brand name parts for every make, model, and manufacturer at highly competitive prices, and they ship right to your door. Visit RockAuto.com and be sure to write down Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. That's RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Giant fans, plenty more still to come on today's Twitter Tuesday. But first, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. Direct TV Stream brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. We have a few more questions to answer on this Twitter Tuesday, including two via email, one via Twitter. So let's go and finish these up. And this next one comes from Bob, who writes, so far in two games, Dexter Lawrence and Julian Love have one tackle each. Love was one of the top tacklers last year, and Dexter Lawrence was a disruptive force inside. Have their games soured? Bob, you know what? Let me let me start with Dexter Lawrence. I got to admit, I'm surprised that Lawrence hasn't had the impact that, that he had the last year. And I keep going back and wonder how much of that is because Dalvin Tomlinson is not on this defensive line anymore. You know, Dalvin Tomlinson, one of my concerns was, you know, he was, he was a very disruptive force. He did a lot of the dirty work inside that I think freed up Leonard Williams and and Dexter Lawrence to do what they did so well. And Austin Johnson hasn't been horrible, but Danny Shelton, you know, I I just don't know that it's an apples to apples trade-off with losing Dalvin Tomlinson. So that's something I, I think I want to study a little bit more. I want to see if a, a bigger sample size on the film to see the impact there. But I suspect that's that there's something there about, you know, Dexter Lawrence not having Dalvin Tomlinson on that defensive line, um, allowing him to do what he needs to do. I mean, that's that's what I see off the top of my head. Would Julian love? Um, Basically, I suspect the thing with him is you've got Logan Ryan, you've got Xavier McKinney, and you've got Jabril Peppers. So where do you put Julian Love? The answer is you put him maybe in the dime package. And how often have they run dime? Now, I don't have stats for you that I can't answer that question now. I mean, eventually I'm going to have access to a stat service that should give me that answer. But off the top of my head, I don't think they've run a whole lot of dime. I think they ran more dime last week than they did in week one. But that could be the reason for, you know, Julian Love's drop off. And I'd have to go back and look at his snap counts. But I think some of those snap counts have actually decreased. And again, you've got McKinney, Ryan, and Peppers as your three, you know, your first three safeties. Those guys, I think, are going to get the lion's share 
of the opportunity. So that's that's my theory with uh, Julian Love. Okay, final question. This one comes from um, Crunch Bunch on Twitter. What trades, if any, do you see the Giants making before the deadline this season? Whew. I'll tell you what, I wonder, I've often wondered if maybe Jabril Peppers might be a trade target. Um, and the reason why I, I mention him is because I don't think the Giants are going to be able to resign him next year. I don't know that the Giants are going to want to resign him because I think they're going to want to go in a different direction. The Giants needing um, some salary cap space. I'm just wondering if it makes sense for them to trade Jabril, who right now I think is making close to $7 million this year on, on the option year of his rookie deal, trade him and maybe salvage half of that money for the rest of the year and then carry over what you don't need. Um, is that the likely scenario? I mean, I could see it happening, but I think it would also depend on, you know, the players around him and if they can fill that role, you know, do they have the guys who can fill that role right now? I don't know that they do, but something to keep an eye on, but yeah, that would be the guy I would keep an eye on, um, as far as maybe making a trade that to me, from a business perspective, makes the most sense. Now, to be clear, I would not want to see Jabril's traded. I like Jabril as a, as a player. I, you know, a punt returner, he does a lot of things, but I'm talking from a business sense. I could see that maybe being a, a possibility if the Giants look to make a trade. So, um, We'll see if it happens right now. I think it's kind of early to say for sure, but that would be my guess. All right, Giant fans, that is going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Giants podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll have an all new show for you. And then, of course, on Thursday, we have our crossover show. And then we're just going to keep rolling right along as we bring you new episodes here on the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and like the channel would be appreciated. And if you're listening on uh, Apple or Google Play or Odyssey or any of those uh, podcast platforms, would appreciate it if you dropped a review. Let us know what you think about the show, what we could do better, what you like, what you don't like. All right. So until tomorrow, Giant fans, have a great one and we will talk to you soon.